subscribe on your podcast player we'd also love if you gave us a review now let's get back to building ted i mean laverne and shirley no seriously it's r&d and with me that's three hey you guys what's going on welcome to episode 433 now of the ron and don show he's ron i'm don we're live from the leshwalk studio what is up ron and don Nation? hey coming up on the ron and don show something really crazy is going on at facebook is they just took one of their first quarterly losses ever and you're not going to believe what mark z says uh he's going to do about it also are you better working at home or better working from the workplace Uh, Some new information studies are just in, and it's very interesting, you guys, because we keep hearing all this stuff about when we worked at home during COVID, and many of us still are, that our productivity is not very good. Well, now they've studied it, and we have some answers right here on the Ron and Don Show. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this, because I got a woman right now that reached out to me. And she said, you know, and it was a very nice letter. She listens to the podcast. She said, but anytime I hear you talk about your rentals and specifically your short-term rentals, I have to turn the podcast off. And she says, basically, did you read this note that she sent me? I don't think I got you? it. No. She, she, and, and again, she was, she was kind, but I think she asked a fair question. And she said, don't you feel guilty for buying up multiple homes, keeping those in your portfolio, and now they're not available for other people to buy. And then you have these Airbnbs. So the Airbnbs are not available for other people to rent. Aren't you part of the problem, the affordability problem that is happening in Seattle right now? Uh, What say you so I know what I like to say about Ron, but you you're a landlord as well. What do you say about that? Are are you part of the affordability problem? Because for instance, the house at you and Burian right now, you're not living there and you're not selling it to anyone. What the hell's the matter with you, Ron? I think we should broaden this a little bit and say Don and I have been a part of the problem just in general. <laughs> Our entire lives. I've always been that kid that was like, you are part of the problem, sir. Yeah. Um, No, so, I mean, I get the, I understand the logic of this on its face. It feels like um, that could be a solution. But I think if you zoom out and you really think about it a little bit more, um, the, the argument doesn't hold up. In this regard. So let's say um, you, you live in a city and you have people that want to own and people that want to rent. Um, any one individual doesn't make that big of an impact. So if she's sort of saying we should make a rule where a person can only own their primary residence and that's it. You, you can the government's going to step in and say, because that's sort of the end end game of her argument. The government steps in and say, you can only own the place that you live in. 
and then one person per place. Well, how would that actually work? Because there's a tremendous amount of people that can't afford to buy a house. They want to have a rental. And so who's going to own that rental? Um, the, the place that I have, this, this, the, my tenant, he, he can't own a house right now for various reasons. And so, or he doesn't, he's unable to own a house right now for various reasons. He's got a couple of sons. Where would they live if I couldn't own that house? Cause he can't buy it. And so that person then would still be out looking for housing. So the, the, the argument on that sense, it doesn't, doesn't hold any water. Um, if there's, I think the anger or the resentment from this person is pointed at the wrong target. The target here is yeah, not let's aim it at someone else who you want to aim it at. Well, I think the target is, is neighborhoods in the Pacific Northwest specifically that have fought against density tooth and nail for 60 to 70 years. Oh yeah. Um, there has been a coordinated, well-funded, um, effort really from the top of the pyramid to say that's someone else's problem we don't want density in my idyllic neighborhood that's right i don't want i want to have my big house on my big lot with my view with yeah. my view with my view and i don't want anybody else coming in here and i have so air rights that's if, right if yeah. there is a target to be uh, pointed at in my view it's things and this really goes back to like if we want to get historic about it when the interstate Ron wasn't sure what he's thinking when i asked him this question and now he's this good he's now like four minutes later he's getting historic about it well this goes back really to the formation of the interstate system in america where communities in like chicago or seattle or big metropolitan areas were like Hey, jump in your car. We can spread out now. We can go to the suburbs and you can just drive into work. And I can and hook so, up my Jayco pop-up trailer and, yeah. and we can we we can do a weekend trip down to Portland. So city council members and people at the top of the pyramid went to their city city governments and said, let's change the rules and not allow any accessory dwelling units. Uh, make it just one house per lot. The lots have to be a certain size, and that's how it's going to be. And so the, all of those regulations got passed back back then, back in the mid 1900s, uh, you know, 1950s, 1960s, 1970s. And then people got used to that and fought to keep it that way. So if you want to talk about affordable housing, it's a density issue that has been baked into the code for decades in America. And the real solution to this problem is to say, is it reasonable? Uh, to allow people to make more housing in all the neighborhoods. And, and that's that's the real solution, I think. Yeah. And anyway, so so I think you bring up a good point. I'll say a couple things. One, and I really thought about it because I, I, I wanted to sleep on this question, and I literally took the question, and I put it under my pillow, and I thought about it. And it kept me up all night because I kept getting a paper cut because uh, I was actually sleeping on the wow. question. Wow, dad joke alert. A couple things. Number one. I provide, personally, a lot of jobs for a lot of people. In fact, today, and I thought about it, there are currently today 27 people that are that are doing something for me, uh, one of my businesses, or or one of the homes I own, or one of the properties. They're, they're, they are working today. And I don't know if you know this or not, but in the city of Seattle, they passed a law a long time ago, and people don't follow it that you have to pay a working wage. Not only do I pay a working wage, but I will tell you this right now. There's no one that pays a landscaper more than I do. There's no one that pays contractors more than I do. There's, there's not. Uh, I'm planting some trees and some sod in my backyard right now. 
with three guys. I go and I get them lunch. I take care of them. I care about them. And I pay them more than anybody would. I have people from time to time to ask to use one of my cleaners. And I charge triple, triple when I go out and I clean a house for one of my clients for my cleaners. And I could go get it done for less, but I don't want to. Because my cleaners do a great job. This is a way they're helping to pay for their kids to go to school and college. And so really... I, I really see myself as an entrepreneur providing lots of jobs for a lot of people. I pay hundreds and hundreds of people every year that work in my businesses. Hundreds of people benefit as a result of me being an entrepreneur. Here's the other thing. The houses I fix up, you would want to have nothing to do with. If you walked into the houses that I fix up and realtors do, they walk in and they go, this is a teardown. This is a blank hole. I would never live here. Uh, and what I do is I will take a house in a neighborhood where, where it's legal to do this. And if it has one door, I'll add two or three more doors to it if I can. So now what I've done in that neighborhood is I've act, I disagree with you. I've actually created affordable housing. I took a house that let's say I have a house that I bought for $651,000. That house today is worth $2 million. Well, the reason it's worth $2 million is because I put a million dollars into it and a lot of sweat equity. And last time I checked uh, Note Rider, I didn't see you over there with the shovel, and I didn't see you digging out that basement apartment that didn't exist before. But we went with shovels, we dug it out, we provided a place for a young man to go to live there, and he's going uh, completing his residency right now at the University of Washington. The reason I have to use Airbnb on some of my properties, and I have to, is if the property doesn't pay en make enough money. Then I have a property that's a feeder where I'm having to feed it cash every month, and I can't do that. So if I have a property, I always add doors to it. And in adding those doors, I create affordable spaces. So on my property that I live in right now, I have a gentleman that's staying in my basement. It's a very affordable space for him. And he's here. He's working. He's here for six months. He's not here long term. So, And I also provide, I have somebody that's coming right now, and she's staying in one of my Airbnbs, and she's a cancer patient. I, ha I host a lot of cancer patients, and she'll be here for four months, and we hope she makes it. They don't always make it. In fact, I had one of my clients pass away who was here for cancer surgery uh, last year. So I'm in it. Like, I'm in it. And I'm, I, I, by fixing up these old homes, bringing them to market with more doors, and being able to hang on to those, manage those, and make those really nice and kind and cool properties – I, I, I think I'm adding and I'm helping. I think what you're talking about is there are a lot of companies now that have gone out and they are just buying up as much land or teardowns as they can. And then they are, in some places, wiping out neighborhoods like in Ballard. But to be honest, those neighborhoods in Ballard needed to be wiped out. And what are they doing? Not only are they bringing out more housing and more doors, but the city forces them to either pay a fine or to add affordable housing wherever they're building. So I think you're barking up the wrong tree. Uh, and what's weird is Charlie doesn't bark, and I'm currently planting trees in my yard but I don't think they'd be big enough to to bark up. So did that sound defensive or do you think that's fair? Yeah, but that's your move. Yeah, I was trying to be defensive. So we'll see you on the other side of this. John and Lauren Greenland were longtime listeners of Ron and Don. So when they needed to sell, they called the guys and were immediately glad they did. 
it really helps to have somebody who knows the market, knows the process, understands construction, that can just point you in the right direction. So I really appreciated that about working with the team. The Greenlands say, unlike other realtors, Ron and Don were intimately engaged in every step of the process, not only advising them on where and where not to spend money to get the house ready, but they actually rolled up their sleeves and helped out on projects all over, even hauling stuff to the dump. We actually felt like we were their only customers. Because of all the attention that they paid to us. They were all in with us on this project, including on a Sunday night when we would have a question. They were there every step of the way. Still, the bottom line was the bottom line. When I said what I thought we could get, they were just kind of dead silent. Like, you can get a lot more than that. So we were thrilled. And they did, closing for far more than they could have imagined. And the Greenlands say they got way more than just a great price. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. We love them. So when it's your time to sell, get more for your door. Schedule your Ron and Don sit down today at ronanddon.com. When you're ready to sit down with the guys and talk about your real estate journey, just go to ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. If you want to get in touch with us, this is a great time to do a sit down, you guys. Uh, and I have a lot of people that are interested in, in buying second homes. We were just talking about multifamily or taking a property and adding doors. You add doors, you add checks, right? But you also add more doors to the neighborhood. It gives more people an opportunity to live on a great property. So it's a win-win for everyone. Reach out to us. I'm Don at ronanddon.com. He's Ron at ronanddon.com. And everything is at ronanddonsitdown.com. Facebook saw this coming. I think that's why they changed their name to Meta because they want to be more relevant. Then they went out and bought Instagram back in 2010. And now TikTok makes Instagram and Facebook just like like old relics, right? It's really interesting because I, I have a huge following on Facebook, but to build a following on Instagram is different. And I know, and I don't, I'm not trying to build a following on TikTok. I'm just not. If I get sucked in the TikTok vortex, Jeez, I, I, I don't know if I can get out. Anyway, Mark Zuckerberg, head of Facebook, now Meta, was on a call the other day, and they had their first losing quarter in quite a long time. And they asked him what he was going to do about it, and he actually revealed something about the algorithm, you guys, uh, that I've always wondered about. And I've tried to find out, and you never know because their algorithms are always changing, right? And they're kind of stealth. They don't want to give it away away to us, and they don't want to give it away to other companies. This is what he said on the call. He said, you know, we are really on the meta platforms. We are heading away from any kind of still photography and still pictures. Uh, I have put up in the past a lot of still photography and pictures or picture galleries. And then I've also done a lot of extensive writing. And what I've noticed is people will still click on and engage in my writing and my writing on Facebook still does very well, but I'll, I'll give, I'll give you an example. I've started creating reels about some of the real estate business we do. And specifically, uh, and if you go to my Facebook page, Don O'Neill, uh, you can just follow me. You'll see some of the reels of some of the work that I do in, in some of the homes. And so I'll put it on video or I'll create a reel. That reel, and then I'll release it in three different places to see how it does. 
on Facebook and Instagram. When I send the reel out on Facebook and Instagram, within the first couple minutes, the first five minutes, I'll get a notice. Uh, you have 100 viewings. Within the hour, I'll get a notice. You have 500 viewings. Within the day, I'll get a notice. I have 1,000 viewings. And then once it hits 1,000, it takes off and it goes, right? I can take the same reel, put it on my Facebook feed that we all have, the old school feed. When I put it on the feed, it'll take about a week, but it times out at about 500 views, at about 500. So I'm getting thousands of views on the reel. I'll send it over to Instagram. I'll get thousands of views on the Instagram, 2,500, 3,000, 35, 5,000, 7,000. If I take it and I put it on Facebook story where they only last for 24 hours, I'll get between two and 500 views maybe of the same reel. So I'll show it on Instagram. I'll put it on stories. I'll put it on feeds. The thing flies on reels. And this is what Mark Zuckerberg said. He said, right now what we're doing is about 15% of the content that people are seeing, we're suggesting. We're suggesting that they see. He said, we're going to increase that to somewhere between 30 and 40%. Uh, and we're going to use our algorithms and AI to do that. So really what Mark is saying, and I think this is something that we all know, is Meta is still chasing TikTok, and we live in a TikTok world, even if you're not on that platform. Instagram and Facebook are going to start rewarding people for more reels and more content. The thing about reels and content is they take a lot of work. My reels take a lot of work. And I will tell you this, when I get to a point when I'm done in real estate, I'll probably be done on social media and I'm just going to disappear and go away because I'm an introvert at heart. Uh, But while I'm still in it, um, it's interesting to me, Ron, that this is kind of the direction that we're going. And Mark Zuckerberg is now saying, yeah, I'm not going to couch it. We're, we're, Meta is going to be the new TikTok. So, well, and the thing that's alarming to me, and that I didn't see any guardrails on this, what he's saying is we we're going to show you the things that we want to show you, and it's it's generated by artificial intelligence. And if you go back to the previous elections and January sixth, and and all of these things, yeah. Many times people get radicalized by ideals, by artificial intelligence. They're like, oh, you liked this video about a conspiracy theory? Well, here's an even crazier conspiracy theory because it's not actually someone you follow. It's someone the AI is recommending to you. And so we're taking, if you remember back to the original purpose of Facebook, was you know all these people. And we're going to create a newspaper, basically, but it's going to show stories of people that you know. Mm. So you can go out and I can see a picture of Don's son playing the trumpet. It's like, oh, I know Don. And I know Don's son. Isn't that great that he's playing the trumpet? And oh, look, there's my friend Wes. And he went skiing with his family. And there I see pictures of Wes. He went skiing in the summertime. How do you go well, skiing? Well, I'm just using an West example. Jones? Water skiing. Who? Water skiing. Okay. So, or, hey, there's my friend Jordan, and he's traveling in Europe. The great picture. And so you're seeing pictures and information about people in your friend group, or maybe one person away, acquaintances. Wes looks now, great, by the way. He lost a lot of weight. He he's, a, he's a realtor. He used to advertise with him. He doesn't do the bushy beard anymore. I would date I like him if he wasn't married and if I was gay. That's a two big hurdles. They're big two hurdles. Very big hurdles. But I'm not giving up on you, Wes Jones. Uh, and so <laughs> you, you complete me. Yeah. Uh, so the thing that now when you're, well, now you're taking this feed and as you said, you're shrinking it 
to we're not going to show you pictures of west water skiing yeah instead of that because you clicked on this thing one time now i'm going to show you more things like that and if it's real estate fine you get home improvement uh you see a bunch of real estate oriented things but let's say you click on something that is taking you down oh no hang on and i don't think it is fine because what you have is you have so many people out there that have their hands out they're asking for money jump in this deal with me, be a accredited investor, uh, buy my tapes, buy my books. You know, Tony Robbins has only ever been successful at telling you how great Tony Robbins is. Like, what the hell has, has, he, has he really done? And so people have seen what he has done, and they're out there doing that. And, and, and now to hire a Tony Robbins life coach is like $50,000. If you want to hang out with him for a day, I think it's like a quarter of a million dollars, something crazy like that. And so, I no, I don't think the real estate space is necessarily a safe space either. So, so my, my point is, is like, I don't, he talked about his profitability. Mark Zuckerberg did in this call on, on certain things like reels. Uh, I think this is really dangerous. Uh, I think it's dangerous for democracy. I think it's dangerous for people's checkbooks. I think it's dangerous that you are no longer, you, they don't, they don't disclose it to you. And then all of a sudden you'll, stumble upon an old friend again and go, why don't I ever see updates from so-and-so anymore? You know what's dangerous for democracy is two old white guys that are both approaching 80. One is a nutbag, and the other guy has had a stroke and can't speak. And those are our two candidates a couple years ago, and these are going to be our two candidates coming up. That's what's crazy about democracy. And they can't TikTok for a damn. Can't TikTok. See you on the other side. Hey, Ron and Don here with Mitch.loans. You can go there and get a loan and still save half a percent on the value of your loan. Mitch, interest rates have gone up and then they've gone up again. What does that mean for people buying a house? They have gone up and they're supposed to keep going up. So what it means is jump now, lock in that rate, and be happy that you did when rates get up to six, six and a half percent in a couple months here. Wow. Is that where, is that where they're going? Six, six and a half? That's where they're going. That's what everyone's saying, and and we believe them because the Fed's going to keep hiking rates, and we're going to keep hiking rates to go along with them. All right. So how, how, how does how does a lock in work when you say lock it in? How, what, what what does that mean? So when you lock in your rate, it means that you have gotten an accepted offer on a home, and at that day you get to choose your loan terms. You get a percent down, and you lock in an interest rate, which means for the life of your loan, you have that rate. It's not going to change. So even though it still could be going up before you actually close on that property you're locked in you're locked into that you're locked in for life all right go to mitch.loans right now if you're thinking about buying a house he has a special program for ron and don uh, nation listeners where you can get one half a percent of the value of your loan he can tell you all about those terms go to mitch.loans right now all right you guys welcome back to, uh, to the ron and don show if you need us i just cleaned out the front seat of my truck so if you want to go look at some houses i don't know i I still may, you, you might still want to drive in your other car because my truck smells a little bit like construction. There's some gasoline in there from tools. Uh, there's a little Charlie aroma going on from the dog. And some sweaty socks. Uh, my son shiznitted his pants a few years ago. There's still that lingers a little bit. And then, uh, and then for whatever reason, I love eating some hot chicken. When I drive my truck and and I take the bones from the hot chicken and I throw them under the seat so they don't get in the way because I don't want to I don't want to I don't want a chicken bone getting caught under the gas pedal. Don't want that to happen, 
right? Boy, this is an uh, so a, anyway, illuminating story. Uh, I, boy, it was sure smelled like some chicken in there the other day, and I discovered chicken. But what happened is a number last year, someone had broken in my truck and completely just tossed it. And I was so damn mad. They kept breaking in, breaking in, breaking in. And you go, you know what? I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to leave it completely tossed. Everything. Everything everywhere. Receive it. Just, just everything's tossed. And they tossed it in the back where I, where I kept all my tools. And then in the front, they uh, they just, it was a tossed salad. You, there was so much stuff that was tossed in there that you couldn't, you couldn't sit in the front seat. My mom would come. And she's she she felt like JF Kennedy in a parade because I she would have to sit in the back. My son would sit there with Charlie. So finally, they moved some campers out of this neighborhood, and and then the guys at the bottom of my hill that own a construction company, they went and they put up these eco blocks for a mile so no one can park down there again. Oh, that it, was the construction company. It was huh? it was it was the guys at Model Remodel at the bottom of the hill that, that went sense. and put those up because they were sick of their place getting broken into. So we don't have these break-ins in our neighborhood anymore. So I went ahead, I cleaned up the truck and there's a if you want to there's a spot for you to sit in. Uh it's still very there's still some different aromas in there, but Ron, if you want to if you want to ride, I'll, I'll give you a ride. Uh if if someone wants to go look at some homes, Sounds like a fun day. You still may you still may want to ride in your car though. Like I don't I don't I don't know what it is. Like I like when someone else. I'm not your typical agent. Plus, plus I don't have like a nice Lexus or something. We're rolling around in a in a in an old trail runner. So plus you roll down the windows all the time. Yeah. So if you want to get in touch with me, let's let's do it. Don at ronandon.com and Ron is at ronandon.com uh, and everything is at ronandonsitdown.com. So finally, we kept hearing. Let's get back to work because we're not being productive. Then we heard, hey, we were very productive at home. Let's not go back to work. So I read an article about were we or were we not more productive during the pandemic, which still seems to be going on, even though they're calling it off and they're saying we are no longer pandemic. I think cases are higher than they've ever been, but I guess we've just gotten used to it. Anyway, I read this article. It went on and on and on. It's kind of like Ron on the podcast sometimes. Just went on and on and on and on and on and on. And then I got I got to the end of the article and I'm like, I just I just spent 17 minutes reading this article. I could have listened to it. I chose not to. I did the hard work of reading it. <laughs> I it, it it seems to me like it's a push. It's like, yeah, when we were home, we were productive. And at the same time, we weren't. Yeah, when we're at work, we're productive. And at the same time, we're not productive. What the, what the hell did you learn from the article? Because I learned absolutely nothing. Uh, I think I learned that it's exactly the same answer as most things. It depends. Yeah. So if, if you are a person that is a good self-starter and you have good routines and you were probably the same people that were productive at the office are the same people that are going to be productive at their home office. Yeah. And the same people that were slackers at the office are the same people that are going to be slackers at home. Oh. So it seems like it really comes down to what your personality is. I, I will say this, though. Uh, that companies, I think, have learned that they are – that that model has now changed permanently. And like I, when I go on my is walks, it, is it permanent? It's a well, permanent change. Pem- Pemco insurance, uh, who has a giant building on the neighborhood that I live in. They just said, Hey, we're selling the whole building. They've been there for decades. Who's going to buy it? I don't know. That's like 45, $50 million. No one's going to buy it. And, and, but they're like, nobody's here. 
Yeah. It doesn't make it people. We figured out that we can do the insurance business yeah. remotely. And when we need to have uh, all hands on deck meetings, we can just find a space to have that in. But to pay the mortgage on this building in Seattle doesn't make any sense anymore. Yeah. So we're going to sell that building. Uh, so I think industries like that. Uh, are something that are really good. I went down and I, I visited in person our our title and escrow group, and only one of the people on our team was actually in the building huh. uh, because the what they found was that and, Amy. And no, it was Lauren. Oh. So Lauren was there. Lovely time visiting her. And her office is great. It's right on the water, so I can see why she likes to go into the office. I heard she moved into her office because no one's there. It's right on the water. <laughs> right, she's right she on lives, the water. She lives there. Yeah, her dog's in, in the her other office. office. Yeah. Uh, so the but the point being is like they found that they're able to be very effective and get their stuff done uh, from remote working, and then when they need to get together, they can. So I it really depends on the job, and it yeah. depends on the personality type. I thought it, I thought a good thing though, and they had some good reminders, and I think that's a good idea. They said if if you needed the rhythm of the morning commute, I see people in my neighborhood doing the morning commute. In fact, I was out watering some of my flowers in the the front yard today and actually getting ready for my neighbor to come over with her big dog that always takes a major shiznit where my dog just took a shiznit. She walks right out the door, Sarah does, and they walk right over her here and they find Charlie's poop and they just put a big poop on top of it. So I was out there with the hose today. I was, I was ready for him to come over. He never showed up. I was going to take him down a little bit. And, and Did she pick it up? Mm-mm. No. Wow. It's poopery out there. That's that's uncalled for. Yeah. So all the dogs love the flowers. They stop by to smell. And when a dog's smelling, what are they going to do? I'm that house. But I will tell you, so I'm out there watering. I notice the one. I see her every day at the beginning of the day and toward the end of the day. Uh, and I've followed her around the neighborhood. She's called the police a number of times. So, <laughs> but anyway, she's doing her morning commute and on her morning commute, she dress shoes, all that. And she's, she's on, she starts her calls that she would normally do in the car. Cause I've talked to her about it. She's a, she's, what do you mean? she's walking neighbor. around the neighborhood in her she dress walks clothes. Around, she walks, she gets dressed in, in, in the way that, that she wants to look when she goes to work. She walks cause it signals the beginning of her work day. And then she goes inside, she works. And then when she's done, She'll either do a workout or she'll do another walk. And then in her brain, it's like the workday is over and done. Because there's people that do need that rhythm. Like a lot of times in your morning commute, that's where you call your mistress, right? For instance. Wow. Or that's where you call your illegitimate child. For These are, these are the phone calls uh, that, that you make. During, what kind of calls did you make during your morning commute? Uh, I usually listen to stuff on the radio. But the other thing I think is having defined spaces. So like I'm purposefully now when I go into my quote unquote office, yeah. it's like, okay, I am now in my office. So I try for a while there. I like would take a laptop into the living room or whatever and go, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be great if I can like just change my location. Now, like I need to get, when I'm in the office, I'm going to work. And when I'm not in the, that office space, uh, I'm not going to try to what are work. you going to do though? Cause usually in the middle of our morning meetings, a couple things happen. You look really nice. You have a great shirt on some guitars, some artwork behind you. And then you're like, Hey, I got to take a dump. And then you get up and like, just from your waist on down, you just have your underwear on, you're in your bare feet, and you, then you go. I timed you. Your dump, your dump time is about it's about 17 minutes. It's a very long. Could, could you do a pre-dump before the meeting, or is that a second dump that, that you're taking? Hey, man, the French roast sometimes packs a punch. <laughs> what can I say? 
Is that our third segment? It is. I think it is. Hey, you guys, thanks for stopping by and listening to episode 433. Do you go French roast? If you're still listening. Or do you go like Equatorian blend? I go with a Queen Anne uh, Cafe Ladro blend. Because that French roast boy. Or I go with a Fremont Cafe Ladro blend, which tastes exactly like the Queen Anne blend. Hmm. But it's $4 more. Of course it is. Yeah, it's a nice neighborhood. So we pay more. Anyway, uh, if you need to get in touch with us, you guys, it's time to buy, sell. Uh, think about this. And I thought about this when she fell. And I don't think it, I don't think it's too soon for this. Ivana Trump would still be alive if she downsized. She didn't downsize. She was 73. She had the, and I'm being serious. She had these very hairy stairs. She would have lived to be 175. But she had the, uh, lots of stairs in her apartment. I catch myself sometimes in the middle of the night when I have my contacts out, falling down the stairs. So that's one of the reasons as you get older, you think about getting rid of those stairs in your life. If you're going to downsize, that's one of the reasons why people do it. So you don't fall down the stairs like she did, right? Anyway, uh, reach out to Ron. He likes stairs. Uh, Ron at ronanddon.com. Reach out to me, Don at ronadon.com social media you can follow me on facebook yeah follow me on facebook i'm don o'neill or don o'neill uh, 34 on instagram what's Ron your uh, snapchat what's that what's your snapchat yeah <laughs> i don't understand snapchat but i see a lot of people trying to get me to go over to snapchat and i feel like there's some nasty stuff going on over there so i'm kind of curious about it but then i'll see people post stuff that say they're on snapchat and they're like you know they're very normal people. What are they doing over there? What are you guys doing? Because I want in on whatever's happening on Snapchat. And what's going on on WhatsApp? WhatsApp? What's going on there? I want to know what's going on on WhatsApp. I have a lot of women <laughs> reach out to me from China, and they want me to get in the crypto business. And I've been thinking about it, and they're reaching out to me on WhatsApp. Do they reach out to you? Man, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. RonaDonSitDown.com. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ronadon Show. All right! On the Ronadon Radio Network. What's up? Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only. 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 On the Ronadon Radio Network. <laughs>